Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is a trained gynecologist and women's health expert who was diagnosed with early menopause at the age of 38, devastated. She went around the world looking for answers and found them. Uh, she's a menopause and hormone expert, and she has changed the lives of women across the globe. She has amazing products as well, and she's just a wonderful person who I've spoken to many, many times. She's uh, the USA Today bestselling author of The Hormone Fix, and now we have a new book out called Keto Green 16. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Al. Great to be here. You know, we were just uh, talking offline before I started to record, and I was telling her, but then I thought, you know, maybe we should record this, which is, so you have several awesome products, and one of the things you have is a PPR cream, which is a progesterone cream that has a little bit of pregnenolone and DHE in it, correct? Or Yes, progesterone and pregnenolone, pregnenolone yeah, okay. and some tripeptide, too. So now for women in what we call perimenopause who are having some issues, I had a friend who went to a doctor and was having some hormonal issues. They took tests and they're like, your progesterone's fine, but you need testosterone. So she took some testosterone and was doing well, but was still having some other issues. Uh, so I had an extra bottle of Anna's PPR cream and I gave it to my friend and told her what to do with it. And literally like just a few days later, she um and and started off at the very minimum effective dose of it because she just wanted to see how it would affect her. And she literally just a few days later texted me and said, oh, my gosh, I've slept like a baby the past couple of nights because that was one of her issues. So let, we're going to talk about keto and women's hormones. But because I was just, you know, talking to her about that, let's jump into progesterone and the brain and everything else really quick. Let's talk about what this means for us during this time of life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and what she was exhibiting is really is it's not uncommon, you know, the the fatigue, you know, moodiness, anxiety, different those are neurologic symptoms that have a hormonal component. And, and like, with so many people, what we're focusing on are sometimes the lower end hormones. So if we think of our mother hormones, here's progesterone and pregnenolone, they come from cholesterol. So that's why we need healthy cholesterol. And it is it's we have progesterone receptors in our brain, in our breast, in our fascia, you know, all over, certainly in our uterus. That's how we maintain pregnancy. And it is a critical, a critical hormone. Well, it starts to decline in our mid-30s, mid to late 30s. We're typically seeing a decline of, of progesterone. And that leads to, because further down the line is cortisol, DHEA, estrogen, and testosterone. So we often focused on estrogen and testosterone first when really we need to focus on higher up and getting our body to also stop pouring out so much cortisol, our natural anti-inflammatory hormone. So we get this, we get this really good balance. Progesterone is so important for, you know, really even like the pregnancy hair, you know, lush hair, youthfulness. It is one of our, um, most protective hormones that we have in our body. But L, as you well know, the controversy comes in because many hormonal progest progesterones are actually progestins, a synthetic form of progesterone that doesn't work at all the same way. So part of my journey was, you know, creating something natural and clean that my body would be able to use and I could use in patients that was as natural as possible. And progesterone, especially we're using it transdermally, bypasses the liver, is our natural relaxation hormone. It's a, it is also um, a good promoter of the neurotransmitter GABA, which is our natural like anxiolytic hormone, the hormone that makes us calm and, and really, you know, more at ease. I always think of GABA and then I think of the rock group ABBA and then the whole musical <laughs> Mamma Mia and all the great music in there. And that's like, that's how it makes you feel. And that's why progesterone, this mother hormone is, is one of my first steps, progesterone and DHEA, two ways I come into hormone balancing, of course, all the lifestyle changes, but when, you know, when our body's just not producing it anymore, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. And then I had 
sort of a dis- and, and this is what I've really learned and um not sure if you agree or disagree on this but so while testing is nice you can have two women same age the same exact hormone profile one suffering one's not you can have someone with high testosterone who still has sex drive issues you can have someone with low testosterone that has no sex drive issues it's very individual and when I talk to people who have gone through menopause and did the bioidentical hormone therapy it really seems to be, um, and I know the doctor on my book feels this way too, which is it really is so individual. And unfortunately, it's kind of like the woman is going to have to navigate a little bit about how she feels, basing symptoms. And it's kind of a biohacking thing because it's different for everyone, right? You know, and so it can be a very confusing time because it's not just as easy as being like, hey, doc, I'm having these problems. And then they're like, okay, here is the doses of this hormone or whatever. It's something you have to feel out. Like, for example, I know the feeling of too much progesterone. And you know what I mean? And, and I've had that too. And you're like, okay, dial it back. And so they're, they're, you have to have some involvement here as the patient, right? A hundred percent. And that's where the power comes back to us. We have to take the power back over our own bodies, you know, be the CEO of our health. And I love, I love that concept. You know, we are in charge of our own health, our own body and stop giving it away. And that's this, what you said is so critically important. I'm glad you made this point. Personalizing the hormone regimen for ourselves is really important. And I write about this in my, in my first book, The Hormone Fix, you know, we, I give you an inventory. There's questionnaires, like, how are you feeling? You know, here, certainly we can guide it with lab tests, but ultimately, how are we feeling? And I taught my patients in my clinical practice, especially with hormonal management and using combined, um, customized or compounded hormones, is that sometimes your body needs more and sometimes you need less. You're smart enough to figure it out right? You are smart enough to figure it out. They're never, never too high, like we'll never go too high that it's not safe, or, you know, too low that it's not effective. But you kind of get the sweet spot in the winter, sometimes we need more in the summer, sometimes we need less. And so you kind of get these serial variations as well, as our body is, you know, getting the benefit from say, for example, in the summer, vacation, more vitamin D and sun exposure, right? So our hormones will work better in these other optimized environments as well. And I'll share my personal experience with it. So at first, a few years ago, I noticed that I was extremely, uh, the uh, regular periods, but day 14 through 28, I was extremely emotional and I would gain like seemingly 10 pounds and feel bloated. And I thought, okay, this is a progesterone thing. Started doing progesterone and I had to find out the right dose. I've too much, too little. Okay. So kind of biohack that. And it seemingly was good, but then after a while, I thought, hmm, and I had this inkling that perhaps, because based on a saline muscle mass issue, I thought, you know, I, I kind of think this might be a testosterone thing, although I did not have any sexual drive issues whatsoever. Um, but I felt it was a mental energy situation going on that was not related to thyroid, and then I felt this lack of lean muscle mass despite, you know, my normal efforts. And so I talked to the doctor and I said, hey, you know, I- I'm not sure. Maybe it is progesterone. Maybe it's not. And again, it was one of those answers that can be intellectually dissatisfying to a lot of people because it's like, well, try it and we'll see, you know, which seems very like, you know, someone who wants just they want a, bl- a blood lab and they want to know, do I or do I not need it? And so I started off with the lowest dose of compounded testosterone cream, just one milligram. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Within three days, I stopped weeping about stupid stuff. You know, and when I say weeping, I mean like even nostalgic positive memories, like not negative depressing stuff. It could have been like a cat commercial, okay? Like it was, so that stopped and I noticed my dry eyes that I had had for a year. And I remember being like, oh God, I'm seeing these commercials. Am I like one of these dry eyes people? They went away. It went away. And I started to feel so much better. And so for the first month, I did testosterone and progesterone together. And then I thought, let me just try to take away the progesterone, see how that works. You know, again, this is tinkering and biohacking. So I did. Um, and it's been a couple of months without progesterone and just doing testosterone. And not to say that I won't even introduce progesterone again, but I will say that so far, this feels right too. And again, this is just a personal thing. I had an intuition about it. I talked to my doctor about it. And I remember being a little bit afraid at first. I'm like, well, what if I'm on too much testosterone? How will I know? And he was like, listen, here's how you know. Here are the symptoms. You know, this is how you have to just sort of gauge it. You have to see how you feel. And um, so I'm so glad I went down this path. And that's why I had the extra bottle of your cream to give to my friend who really benefited from it. Um, And she was having lots of other issues that were so 
so related to progesterone. So for me, again, like who knows, maybe I will introduce progesterone at some point, but I did it for about a year or so. Then I took it away, introduced, you know, introduced testosterone and then took away the progesterone. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling awesome. But again, open to trying it again at a minimum effective dose if that's something that seems like I need to add in. And so I'm just explaining my experience to the audience to let you know, sometimes you just can't have a doctor go, here's what you need. You have to go, what are my symptoms and what are they related to? Do a little research and then go, maybe it's this, you know? Um, And so you got to find your perfect balance and you can, thankfully you're a doctor like that who can work with patients and understand the biohacking and the individuality of it versus a lot of doctors who are like, oh, we tested your hormones, you're fine. You're on the right dose. That's enough. Goodbye. And you're like still suffering over here. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a perfect point. So one thing too, that we need to realize is, you know, as we shift in things, cortisol steals our progesterone, right? So when we're under stress, we're going to be tanking our progesterone, everything else too, down the line suffers. So as, as we are out of a stressful season or, you know, so there's seasons in our lives and our environment, you know, in so many different ways that can affect us. So being the detective makes a huge difference. And something, you know, I say in my book, The Hormone Fix, I always say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. And this is where our lifestyle really comes in, our mindset, our lifestyle, our soul work. Yeah, let's talk about keto. First of all, let's, um, I mean, most of our listeners know what it is. I don't know that we have to go into that. If you don't, I don't want to waste an episode here talking all about the, the, the benefits, I mean, you know, whether it's through for people with epilepsy, traumatic brain injuries, you know, there's lots of reasons for people to be on a ketogenic diet consistently. And it's not for everybody. I know that uh, Mark Sisson and a lot of other people are more on the train of, hey, let's create metabolic flexibility, maybe going in and out in a keto-ish type of state. But let's talk about menopause and keto. Um, yeah. and, and the certain age we're talking about and, and what you mentioned to me offline about the brain. Let's get into that. Yeah, definitely. I, for me, the, my whole concept of the way I incorporate a keto green or keto alkaline lifestyle into you know, how I discovered it for myself as part of my life, and I'm happy to share that story, but also with my patients, I would take the stance of saying it is essential to cycle and to be keto green in, well, certainly the metabolic flexibility, but it is essential to get keto green peri and post-menopause. Seriously, it just makes a difference. And the concept of, for my concept of keto green, there's a ketogenic component with healthy fats. I mean, those of us who, you know, I was born in the 60s, grew up in the low-fat movement of the 80s, and that kind of destroyed our hormones. So, you know, recognizing there are good and healthy ways to get fat into our diet, as well as good quality protein, not too much, not too little. It's kind of that Goldilocks, you know, theory. And the um, healthy greens and fiber, the low-carbohydrate plant foods that make a difference in our life that keep us well nourished and energized and detoxifying and having regular bowel movements and all that. But plus, so that's the kind of keto green nutrition aspect, but plus the lifestyle aspect comes in with intermittent fasting, no more snacking and really getting to into that state of ketosis bumping in and out. But, you know, regularly entering a state of ketosis, because that is where we really shift our ability to um, live health, healthily, mind, body, and spirit in the period of post-menopause. Tell us about your experience with keto and what you experienced personally and, you know, when you first tried it and how you went through that process. Yes. So, you know, I'm OBGYN trained at Emory, but I also then studied functional medicine as part of my journey. There was a one point that I was over 240 pounds, had tremendous hair loss, stress-induced, and I had PTSD. You know, I was diagnosed with infertility and early menopause at 39, and I reversed it to have a baby at 41. And all that was good. Lost 80 pounds, kept it off, and then age 48 hit, and all of a sudden I gained 10, 20 pounds overnight. Now, to be honest, Al, when my patients would come to me and say, hey, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds and I'm not doing anything different, I was like, you know, cocky and doctor, and I'd be like, sure, you're not. Like, surely you're doing something different, an extra snack, um, you know, driving through for a meal, not exercising as much. 
well, then it happened to me, right? God will make me humble. I will tell you. And so <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you fell on your sword and admitted that because a lot of doctors do discount that in a patient. And they'll be like, yeah, whatever. You've got some closet eating disorder you're not telling me about or they're they're skeptical of the symptoms yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, but no, I did the workup. Like I checked the thyroid. Thyroid's fine. It's not your thyroid. Got your hormones balanced. But lo and behold, it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. And what we know is certainly our reproductive hormones are declining, but cortisol and insulin increases as we get older. We become more insulin resistant. We secrete more cortisol. And adiponectin, our essentially metabolic, one of our metabolic hormones, is decreasing. So, you know, these are really, these are other issues that are occurring. And um, and so I was experiencing it full on. Literally, I wasn't doing anything different. I had kept, you know, 80 pounds off for nearly a decade and then honestly, 20 pounds overnight. And so I had to go to like, okay, what's going on? First of all, for anyone listening who was well overweight, lost weight, and you start gaining weight again, you're like, oh my gosh, it's not going to stop till I'm 300 pounds. Like legit, like I wasn't doing anything different. The weight every day, the scale was heavier. So bizarre. And then I, so I went complete keto. I restricted carbs, very similar to you know, classic keto and also Canada programs I put patients on. And then I started getting these symptoms, like I'll call it, just to be honest, I felt like I was going crazy. So I call it a going keto crazy, keto crazy. And I was like, what's going on? I'm agitated, I'm irritable. And as a single mom, you know, sole business owner and provider, you can't afford that. You cannot afford <laughs> irritability, emotional swings, none of that. And I experienced what so many of my patients said, like, I'm angry for no reason. Like, who is this person living inside me? Like, how did that bother me? You know what I mean? And so, so I went back to my functional medicine roots, started doing what I told my patients to do. And that's check your urine pH. And so I started checking my urine pH and lo and behold, I was as acidic as the paper would read. And so now I've created these urine test strips that have check both pH and ketones on it because what, you know, tests don't guess and what gets measured gets managed. I mean, two really key principles to self-discovery. So as I, I started adding in the low carbohydrate grains, the kale, kale soup, collards, chard, I'm here in the South. So, you know, uh, you know, healthy amounts of collards, beet greens, which are so alkalinizing, increasing the amount of Mighty Maca Plus I was taking on a daily basis. And and until I would get my urine pH alkaline. And then I started feeling, then I bumped myself into ketosis. And lo and behold, I just felt this clarity, this peace that surpasses all understanding. We talk about that in the Bible, but the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I just felt like much more connected to myself, my body, and the weight came off in just six weeks. So I lost 18 of that 20 pounds in just six weeks. And that was just a huge awareness for me that getting keto green or keto alkaline makes this incredible brain clarity. Like I, I'd been spiraling down, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, is this how I'm going to live the rest of my life? Brain fog. What happened to my hundred percent perfect visual memory? Like I, I couldn't remember my kids' names, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to figure, so getting keto green, keto alkaline took away that keto crazy crazy. I felt the peace that surpassed all understanding. And I had just, I was laughing more. I, the weight came off and, you know, I felt this clarity. And so that's what so many of my um, people in my keto green community group, they're like the number one thing that we notice is, you know, the brain clarity that just makes such a big difference in comparison when they were doing keto. I just did a survey keto versus keto green. What does that do? Um, for you. And, you know, that was a big thing, uh, brain clarity, loss of menopausal sim- symptoms, loss of weight, and, you know, all those good things, loss of bloat, no keto flu. So that was part of my journey. So creating this kind of keto green, this keto alkaline lifestyle, incorporating intermittent fasting, no more snacking, becoming insulin sen- more insulin sensitive, improved my hemoglobin A1C tremendously. And it does for my clients. But I also took this with other, you know, my experience, I took this to a small group of my most difficult patients, let's just call them that, you know, that no matter what you do, it doesn't work. And I put them through what I called my keto alkaline or keto green program. Now it's my magic menopause program. And so in midlife, you know, everyone was over 45. And I put them in the my program for follow them for six weeks, getting keto alkaline, keto green, checking urine pH on a daily basis of 
couple times a day, really pushing their body into ketosis. And there are many factors that create that resistance to get there. So we troubleshoot that. All of that information is in my books. But every one of them felt improved. Now we know within 10 days, there's a 50% reduction in symptoms in just 10 days. So we've surveyed over 2,000 um, people in my who have done my Keto Green program. So that's huge. And I'd love to read you what I just received in an email today from our customer service team. This is a client who's been doing my Keto Green program called Magic Menopause. And she says, Magic Menopause is changing every part of my life. The way Dr. Anna leads you into being keto green while getting alkaline first and then into ketosis has been a game changer for me. I've tried keto before, but always felt awful about it. I would feel bloated, nauseous, and shaky and would never make it to the point of feeling good and being able to do intermittent fasting. Even though I knew that keto was the right way I should be eating, my body just was not responding well to it. So she goes on to say, I've learned from this program that I'm not alone and by incorporating the alkalinity part first and the importance of hydration has gotten me to be able to do intermittent fasting And now my mood is better, my sleep is better, and I am starting to feel like the old me. This program focuses on the whole you, mind, body, and spirit. Clean, nutritious food is a part of it, but so is gratefulness, mindfulness, and getting enough oxytocin. So I just just love her her testimony. She says it so well, but that's the whole difference, keto green versus keto. So... um I want to hear your answer to the objection of a lots of people saying keto is not good for women's hormones. It screws it up. Now, look, keto is not for everybody. Everybody's individual, right? Okay, there's there's some things that affect uh, some people versus others. There's activity levels and lots of other factors. But what do you say to that when people blanketly say keto is not for women? It screws up women's hormones. Well, I would say that everyone that has come into my programs for whatever reason and with whatever condition, we've had clients with cancer and kidney disease, and just name it, type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, everyone's able to get keto green. And it makes a huge difference in their hormones. So there's a right way to do keto, and there's a wrong way to do keto, especially for women peri and post-menopause. And we so what's the main difference? Eat. Because is it is it that somebody's just not eating enough greens in general on a keto? Okay, let's just talk. Let's just assume it's paleo keto. I mean, they're, they're not doing canola oil, okay, and stuff like that. But yeah. let's say they have a clean, you know, paleo kind of keto paradigm What's the main difference you see? Is it that people just aren't eating enough of varied grains um, when they're doing keto and that's the problem? Well, they could be eating too much fats and too much protein. Also, again, let's just assume everything is is clean sourced, right? Is grass-fed, free-range because we are what we ate, right? And it, and it, and it, more than about food. It's, you know, we know that it's more than about food. So what my clients learn and what I teach and write about is that like, for example, I told you I got into the alkaline state, but when I was here, I was at 48 trying the self-discovery and I left this important piece out, which I think will make more sense, is that the mornings I walked on the beach, these mornings that I walked on the beach and or I did my gratefulness and meditation practice, I was alkaline, more likely to be alkaline all day. So what I recognized is that cortisol, like this alkaline piece relates to cortisol management. Cortisol, when we are stressed, we're going to have more inflammatory symptoms and an acidic urine because of the physiology of cortisol is increasing hydrogen ion secretion through the kidneys. So what that means is we can use this marker of urinary pH, which I consider another vital sign to say, you know what, I'm not managing my stress well, or, you know, to gain control of it, because we can't necessarily change our external environments or the people we're living with, but we can change how we respond. And we can create practices that put us back in control of our emotions and our physiology. That's a definite. And by doing this, so getting keto green is more than about what we eat. It's a lifestyle too. So for those who are maybe eating, you know, I mean, again, too much or not intermittent fasting or not um, managing stress well or toxins well, then there are other reasons that keto is not going to work for you. But if we are doing the self-discovery, like you talk about all the time, right? Like what is working for you? What's not working for you? What's the missing piece? I could have stopped way back back when, and now there would be like, you know, I would say another 300,000 women suffering. But 
I could have stopped way back then and said, you know what, keto just doesn't work for me because I'm going keto crazy. It just doesn't work. The missing piece was for me that alkalinity, but not just about food. It was about, you know, it was about stress management. It was about controlling my trauma and uh, responding, how I responded and created practices to manage my cortisol. That's such an important thing. Um, So if anyone's got like a heart rate monitor watch, you know, like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit and you have a continuous heart rate monitor, you could be watching like a really scary movie and that thing can jump up to 120. You know what I mean? Uh, During like some frightening scenes and things like that. We don't really think about this on a regular basis as how it can affect a fight or flight response. Right. And so I love that you're bringing this up because you can do all of the things dietary wise, but if you're not controlling the mindset that also contributes to the production of cortisol, then you're taking five steps backwards. Absolutely. And another big point too, because now I do continuous blood sugar monitoring with the Freestyle Libre. Um, So I've been monitoring to make sure every one of my recipes doesn't spike glucose, right? And it doesn't. They don't because I've monitored and checked and double checked. And um, one thing I noticed is, number one, when I exercise, I get these huge spikes. Well, that's good. That makes sense. And secondly, when I get up on stage to speak, because I'm always terrified to speak, my blood sugar spikes. And guess what? When I get up in the morning, my feet hit the ground running because, and I'm listening to the news or for whatever reason, sometimes my alarm will give me the news. Like I'm, you know, immediately upset and my blood sugar goes up. And when I drink coffee, my blood sugar goes up 20 to 30. That's just how my body responds. And because of this detective work, I know like I cannot like, you know, accidentally set my alarm to give me the morning news. I don't know, even know how that happens technologically, but it does. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, these are, these are just, these are just really important points that, like you said, I mean, this will just shift our physiology. The evening news is not the time we should be, and we should not be listening to the evening news if we want to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, that's a tough thing right now in our society in the U.S. because more people than ever, including myself, jumped on a train where I used to never watch news ever. (laughs) And then suddenly I was. I found myself going down a rabbit hole and I was like, ooh, I don't feel good in life. What's happening? I'm like, oh, that's what that is. I need to I need to dial it back and not hear it uh, or just check in once a day and maybe look at a headline or two. But when I don't, I feel my best week. These are things that are under our control that we yes. have to cut ourselves off from. And one of my um, suggestions as well is, listen, if you're trying to heal from something or lose weight or whatever, get healthy, Stop with the negative reality shows and watching Law and Order before you go to bed, talking about rapes and murders and all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. on these shows. They seep in your subconscious whether you think they are or not, you know? And these are just, again, like you said, not having the morning news jump out at your first thing in the morning, taking some gratitude moments. Maybe you need to wait later in the day to check in when you're in a better mind frame or you've eaten. But um, these are things that we can all control. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And if we control it, right, uh, take news when we can, like midday. Okay, so say, for example, instead of that 3pm nap, if you need it, I'm all for it. But, you know, you just isolate what you want from your local news, your national news, your world news. I mean, take other time versus first thing in the morning, later at night. You know, I, I think that is control of the information that we get is really important. I know this as a mom too. I have four daughters, you know, I'm constantly overseeing, protect your mind, protect your eyes, protect your ears, right? We do that for our children. We need to do that for ourselves. Yeah. So let's talk about Keto Green 16. It's an innovative 16 day plan. So it combines, you know, ketogenic diet, fat burning benefits, and what you call that brain clearing and keto flu protection of alkaline food. So this leads us through what each day, like there's recipes, give us a layout of what to expect. Yeah. So with Keto Green 16, I have a 16 day plan that again, very scientifically formulated recipes to help with hormone balancing, detoxification, and certainly fat loss. But also like within these few days, we're going to be able to get this brain clarity, increased energy, you know, just really feel um, optimized. So hence the biohacking, biohacking begins. And then also the troubleshooting, okay, if I'm not getting there, what the heck's going on? And so all of that's in the book, as well as a 16, really push people into a 16 hour intermittent fast. And again, um, 
this 16-day plan with, I call it 16-day clean living items that just up-level our life. And there's also a chapter in there for men specifically to help them. There's also a 16-day, so it's definitely, I'm an omnivore, so there's a 16-day keto green you know, primary plan. There's also an optional 16-day keto green vegan plan, which I recommend everyone to do at least at least once a year, if not once a quarter, because just, you know, plant, you know, plant being plant healthy uh, to for gut micro diversity, microbiome diversity is we know that scientifically is better. So there's some there's some arguments for that periodically as well. So what else do we need to know about so many people? Again, this is the way to do it, because if you're scared of keto or you're confused, Go this with, is a safe way. Yeah, go yeah. go go this go the safe, easy way to do it. And um again, benefiting hormones. What are some objections or some other things that have come up, you know, from people when you are talking and promoting keto? Well, I definitely get the pushback on keto and thyroid. And I said, you know, prove it to me. I've looked at the research and I am not convinced. And the research that showed some problems with keto were in um, you know, epi- the ones that I've seen were epileptic children on seizure meds. Okay, so we can expect maybe some some thyroid disorder there, but I have not seen it. And this is some, I'm a scientist, so I test. I'm a physician and a clinician and a scientist. So I test, right? I'm not just going to guess and make statements. So I'm looking at, you know, many clients who have been in my program now for years and watching what their thyroid does. Every No one's had worsening thyroid. No one has had exactly. worse thyroid, not a single one. My thyroid improved significantly my first round that I was able to go off my thyroid support medication for quite a long time, for almost a year. And then I had mold toxicity and I had to get back on. But, you know, I mean, this, this is part of the investigation. So I haven't seen it. I've seen an improvement from T4 to T3 conversion, which is another objection. So I see that. The other thing I see is elevated cholesterol. Well, I've not seen that stand true long term if we're doing it right. And again, regular bowel movements, not having constipation, having one or two bowel movements a week, right? There are other reasons that your health may be struggling than the concept of, you know, certainly clean keto green eating. Again, there is keto dirty, but clean keto green. And early on, Alan, I forgot to make this point. I said it's mandatory. I really feel that it's mandatory for women peri and postmenopause to get in to this keto green state or keto alkaline state on a regular basis because we enter this period of neuroendocrine vulnerability between ages of 35 to 55 when progesterone levels are tanking and so is estrogen. What we know is that the, the brain uses glucose for fuel predominantly or ketones and the ability for the brain to use glucose for fuel, we call this gluconeogenesis, this is an estrogen-dependent phenomenon. So we know this, that we need these hormones, these neuroprotective hormones on board to use glucose for fuel. So women getting perimenopausal brain fog, memory loss, it's not sometimes or sometimers, right? It's a fuel problem. So glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel. And this is especially true in the perimenopause. So we have to shift. And I tell you, so many people, and I just, again, you know, my keto green community ran this survey, like brain clarity is the number one thing that they're like, oh my gosh, it's just made such a huge difference in my life. And it made a huge difference in my life. I went from near broke to, you know, a seven figure business because in writing two books, I would never have been able to do this if I don't practice what I preach now. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned the keto and thyroid. So many objections to this, but what kills me is so we there's so many different ways to go about this. So what I've noticed is the people who are seeking keto anyway, it's usually because they've already are already having thyroid issues and they can't lose weight, so they're trying every modality and then they go to keto and they go, Oh, it just made me fatter and made my thyroid worse. I'm like, Yeah, but your thyroid wasn't good to begin with. So that's not really a indicator of keto being bad for thyroid. What I also have noticed, like you said, is and this is true of a lot of the athletes in our space, like Ben Greenfield, or even actually the carnivore doc, Paul Saladino. Both of them have a free T3, and they're not on thyroid hormones. They have a free T3 that's 
maybe a point or two below the mid-range. And that's kind of what I refer to as T3 efficiency. Sometimes you do see that when people really clean it up and they're living a keto low-carb life, and this might not be true for people on thyroid hormone replacement, but for normal people. So then a doctor might go, oh, well, your free T3 dropped. And it's like, yeah, but did you ask the question on whether they had any freaking hypothyroid symptoms? Because these people are doing well. Like Ben Greenfield is doing great and his free T3 is 2.9 versus maybe the 3.1, right? Same with, I think, Paul Saladino. But these guys are pretty dialed out. They're on fire with their brain. So again, Mm -hmm. in the absence of symptoms, this is why we don't always look at it. Now, some woman may walk into a doctor and have a 2.9 and that she may be discounted because it's a couple of points below the red range and she might have an issue. But Again, I to, to just look at blood work and go, oh, well, the free T3 dropped, therefore that means keto's bad for thyroid. No, it's kind of what you were saying. As you became more insulin sensitive, right, the, this, everything started to work better because of the yes. cortisol blood glucose connection. And so, yes, particularly, I think, and I know you would agree, like, while keto won't necessarily solve every thyroid problem, but if you have gotten insulin resistant and it's because of a lifestyle and you go keto, yes, that's likely to improve your thyroid. It can get you out of that jam. And I know you know this, but you know, for people out there, type two diabetes and thyroid problems go hand in hand, kind of, you know, if you're hypothyroid for a long period of time, you will probably get insulin resistant like that happened to me. And it can go the other way. If you've eaten yourself and accidentally gotten into type two diabetes or close to it, it can get you out of that jam and correct the thyroid. But to say that it's bad for thyroid is so, there's no study. I don't see anything that (laughs) proves that. It's just, it's just, I think it's based on people's experience, but we're not looking at where they're coming from to begin with before they even went keto, if that makes sense. That makes huge sense. Exactly. It's like, you know, I remember having a patient and I had worked to naturally optimize how she was doing, detox her, optimize her hormones. And she came back from her endocrinologist and she was, you know, she had been doing fabulous. She came back for her, another visit the following, you know, six months or a year. And she had been to her endocrinologist and and her TSH had then been really so, so suppressed. So he said, just stop what you're doing. Cause now, you know, I have to change your medication, like take her off her thyroid medication oh would have been the smart thing to do. Right. So she stopped what she was doing. She was feeling crappy again, but she was on her same dose of thyroid medicine. That's just senseless. That is senseless. What we do improves our body's optimization to heal itself over and over and over again. This is the truth. Yes. And in my experience, glossing over it real quickly, though, is that over time, so when I started taking T3, I needed a lot more than I do now. Because I wasn't cleaned up then. I had to detox heavy metals. I was on the paleo trip. Takes a while, right? You know, you get these hormones in symphony. I had to like get paleo, get fat adapted, become metabolically efficient, calorically efficient. And then what happened was, is I kept noticing that I felt like I was on too much and I was. So I'd reduce and I'd reduce. And I think I went, so I went from maybe at one point, 100 micrograms of T3 a day, which by the way is right for some people. And I needed it then. But then as I went through this process over time, I reduced it. And now I really, um, it depends on the time of month and weather and some other things going on. But in general, I'm between 15 and 25 micrograms of T3 at any given time versus 100. And that just goes to show you too, you know, over time, you get more, your body gets more efficient as this, the receptors get better, you know, and I was insulin resistant. So that had to affect it at some point too. Um, And so it's really important. And if you're on thyroid hormone right now, there is a possibility always that someone could get off of it. This could be the way to do it. I would just say that if you're going to be keto for longer than two weeks straight, or I'm sorry, not two weeks, I meant like a couple of months, you and you're on thyroid hormone, you might want to get checked there because there might be a possibility that reduction in the medication is warranted. Absolutely. And never be afraid, right? Like I think part of um, my greatest accomplishments as a doctor is getting people off medications, is absolutely getting people off medications. What are some, I know you have so many success stories and things like that. Tell us about a couple of super difficult cases, uh, you know, that were just the impossibles that, uh, and, w- and what had to happen maybe in a few of those to get them to be, you know, straight with themselves and, and feeling great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking of one right off the top of my head because she's a physician. She's a brilliant, brilliant physician. She has diabetes on both sides of her family. She's now 49 years old, 
has had a hemoglobin A1C since age 40 of 6.0. So we know any point above 5.3, you're increasing your risk of Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, and number of metabolic problems. And of course, she saw that played out in her family. She's doing everything right, hormone optimization, right? But it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. She does crawl my God. Did I say that correctly? She's athletic, swims, prays, spiritual, everything's dialed in. But uh, she still had that hemoglobin A1C that was quite challenging and continuing to get more and more insulin resistant. And so I, I just said, just do my program, my Keto Green 16 program, just do this for 16 days. And this is going to dial this you know, we're going to increase your insulin sensitivity. We're going to dial it in. She was also experiencing more of the perimenopause, even though she's on some hormone optimization, but the brain fog, losing her edge, feeling sluggish, you know, want, feeling burnout in the, in the practice and passion of her work, which she just loves. And so let me tell you, within one month, her hemoglobin A1C went from 6 to 5.4. That's the first time. That's in astounding, years. by the way. That's really it's, astounding. It's, in, in, in one, you know, in one month, I mean, we expect it not to change for two months, right? That's right. Because by the way, for people listening, HbA1c or hemoglobin A1c, which is kind of definitively like, oh, do, am I headed towards diabetes or not? Or do I have insulin resistance? Um, when you said 6.0, so that's basically like, okay, that's kind of type two-ish right there. That's severe mm-hmm. insulin resistance. But that's a three-month, right? Two to three-month glucose mm-hmm. tolerance test. So the fact that it dropped that significantly in you know is it that's unbelievable that just goes to show you it, it's it's astounding i'm just thrilled with these results and and she lost 11 pounds in those 16 days again weight loss resistance for a decade despite exercising eating healthy she's been gluten free dairy free i mean just name it right so these little tweaks again just making that keto green plate doing some extended intermittent fasting and really like dialing in what is what works for her and what doesn't work for her, that was that was huge and I'll tell you too I mean I have diabetes on both sides of my family my mom required cardiovascular surgery uh, cardiac bypass at age 52 and I'm I'm 53 now right but my hemoglobin a1c a decade ago was 5.6 5.7 now it's it's 4.8. <laughs> Now it's 4.8. That's really amazing. And mm-hmm. and I know you said 5.3 or above, but there are some doctors I've spoken to and yeah, that's a good result. I've heard 5.2 or below, but either way, definitely- I like it at 5.0. 5, I mean, I yeah, really 5. want 0. everyone to get 5.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great goal. And just for everyone listening, if you go online and you check stuff or standard doctor junk, they're going to tell you 5.5 is not a problem or even 5.7. Mine was at 5.7. Let me tell you something. I- I felt mm-hmm. the inflammation of it. I felt it. I felt inflamed. Yes. I felt inflamed. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I can, you know, so carefully feel that now if I'm having a holiday week or two. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, the inflammation is like become better in tune with our body versus numbed. And and I, I, I say this because so many times we go into us, you know, people come in to see us, physicians, you know, wanting help. But also, you know, maybe not wanting to do the work. Y'all, this is work. We've got to do the work. We have to make tough choices, daily choices that pay off in abundance for the rest of our lives. Right now, I'm creating a purpose of trust for my family. And I'm, I'm writing, look, I, I take you know, pride in health and wellness. When we have our health, and I wrote this to them, there's a saying, when you have your health, you have a million wishes. But when you don't have your health, you only have one wish. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. That's true. Because when you don't have your health, that's the only thing you can think about. And yep. and money doesn't buy it either. You yep. know, I've interviewed billionaires that have thrown tons of money at uh, health issues, and you there is no way to buts about it. You've got to learn it yourself. You cannot get away with just saying, please save me, doctor. It's not going to be the right move. You've got to learn it yourself, too. So yeah, it's, it's it takes some knowledge, and it does. It takes some willpower. But you know, well, we've always talked about the primal blueprint, and especially when people start to go paleo and they get on the paradigm, which, you know, is essentially low carb, but it's not necessarily keto right away. Um, it, it's amazing just the the satiation. If you get, basically, it only takes about, you know, a few weeks to a month of willpower at first to get unaddicted to sugar. And one month of your life is really nothing in the grand scheme of things. And like we say, you don't even have to lift a finger, really. You'll want to at some point move. But even if you can't, you can sit on the couch and get fat adapted. And 
one of the best examples of this is a friend of mine who uh, she was on the podcast and she had to have foot surgery. She was in a wheelchair. And uh, before everything got corrected, she lost 40 pounds by just doing the dietary stuff. She didn't mm-hmm. move. She couldn't move. She mm-hmm. could not exercise. So the excuses of, oh, well, I have to join the gym. I don't have time to work out. That's that's not applicable anymore, is it? No, no, not at all. Now, movement on a daily basis, any way we can do it, certainly mental movement, physical movement, all of the spiritual movement, I'm all for it all, because that gives us a better quality of life. But you're absolutely right. And willpower, like our ability to not binge eat, you know, or to make the wrong choices because they're calling us, it's physiology. Right. So breaking, breaking up with sugar. And I love that expression, breaking up with sugar. It's like getting rid of that toxic relationship, that toxic boyfriend that kept trying to, you know, they wheedle their way back in. You're like, Oh, but he's so awesome. And then he's toxic again. And you're like, no go. It's that, I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that, but <laughs> oh, I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening, <laughs> that toxic relationship. It is a toxic relationship. I promise you it's a toxic relationship and it's time to like, let go of it for good. And I'm going to say in the perimenopause menopause, we have to let go of grains too. You know, some of us can tolerate them better than others. I'm not one of them. I am not one of them. I'm they, not either. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's going to take away from my clarity. It's going to take away from my good judgment. The only grains I want are like alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, No, but it's important. And here's the thing about the willpower. What people don't realize is when you're already a sugar burning sugar addict, you are, again, you, like I said, it's physiology. You're just craving more of this crack that your brain is addicted to. If you just exhibit willpower for a very short period of time, then you don't need to exhibit willpower after that. That's my point because you're satiated and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I never feel like snacking. I used to open that fridge every two hours at one point. I thought I had to go to Overeaters Anonymous at one point. You know, I was like, something's inherently wrong with me. No, it was just the paradigm I was on. So that is the number one success story we get at Mark's Daily Apple on Fridays is, you know, yeah, I lost 100 pounds or I cured my skin condition, blah, blah, blah. Great, great. But the thoroughfare is, oh my gosh, the freedom to not think about food all the time, to not be addicted. So for, if you're out there and you're like, well, that's scary to think about not stacking. I don't know if I can intermittent fast. I think what we're saying is you got to give it a little bit of willpower at first. But then once the you know genetic switches kind of turn on and you're in a different paradigm and now your brain and body is more dependent on fat as fuel versus glucose, then you don't need the willpower. It goes away. I have no more food addictions. I can't even believe that. Like I, It's been years and I thought for years I thought I was screwed. I thought it was just me and it's not you, right? So that's what I guess I'm getting at is this temporary willpower to get to the point where then you don't need it is a lifetime of freedom. I agree. I mean, I remember um, one time my husband saying to me, he says, you know, Anna, you go to bed thinking about food and you wake up thinking about food. I was like, oh my gosh, I really do. I really did at that point. This is, you know, we've been divorced 10 years. So this has been a long time ago, right? Before my discovery. Now I don't I think about, okay, I'm going to nourish my body at this time. How am I nourishing my body, my family in all these ways? It's nourishment. It's about the nourishment, less about the food. And there's, you know, where there was a time I couldn't put a box of chocolate in the house without going through the entire box of chocolates. Now it'll sit there for, you know, for a long, long, long time. So I don't even think about it. Now, it's really amazing new way of life. It's such a freedom. I also did think about food all the time. And I'd bargain with myself, like I would just finish a meal and I'd already be thinking about what I could get away with or eat the next one. Like it just was not ever off my mind. And that is hell. I don't care how much you weigh. That is a personal hell. Anybody who's listening, who's been a sugar addict or is a sugar burner knows. And, um, and it's really not a good sign. is it? So if that's you, please get fat adapted, please buy her book, the hormone fix and also keto green 16. Um, Before we wrap up, tell us, uh, how can we work with you personally, if we want to get your advice, you know, from you, do you work with patients remotely? How, How do you work your practice? Currently, I'm not taking any new patients remotely at this time. And I do only through my online group programs, like my magic menopause program. So definitely get on my email list at dranna.com. So dranna.com. And also, um, Elle will give you a link. We have a bunch of amazing book bonuses to go with Keto Green 16, including, uh, you know, we have a keto macro calculator that's designed with three keto green recipes to go with it. 
We have a uh, roadmap, Keto Green Roadmap. So just a beautiful visual illustration of how you can get there quickly and a few other ways, you know, a few other great bonuses that I've designed to further your journey in this Keto Green 16 plan, which is awesome to do, I will say, in groups and in community. I really want to bring community back around the table. And so you can take Keto Green 16 into your workplace, do it as a team for 16 days into your Bible studies, small groups, book clubs, all of that. So it's really designed to do either individually, but definitely also as a group. And, um, I, you know, through my website can get a hold of me and also social media on Instagram and Facebook and our online Keto Green community. And uh, there's just, if there's anyone that definitely wants to work with me one-on-one, there is a waiting list at this time. Also, for people that are interested in hearing the previous episode that I did with uh, Dr. Anna Kabeka on the Primal Blueprint podcast talking about the Hormone Fix, her first book, you can go to episode 315, 315 to hear that. Just wanted to let everyone know. What are some other things you'd like to leave our audience with? Would it be a false misconception of keto or, or any kind of encouragement here? I think it's just try keto green. I guarantee you it will change your life. And again, only thing we can do for ourselves is change ourselves. But by doing so, we improve the health and the health and wealth of those around us. Honestly, we really do because our health is just prosperity, a seed of prosperity. So do the, the really give this 16 day plan a run, right? Definitely go into it and just see what you accomplish because I know it has changed my life and, you know, tens of thousands of other women's. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. And we will put all of the links to connect with you uh, in our main show notes. And again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's always great talking with you. I love being here. Thank you. Thanks so much. And everyone else, we'll see you next week. Hey there, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric, to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes, and much more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the Primal Path and want to help others live primally too, then visit PrimalHealthCoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit PrimalHealthCoach.com today to learn more. 